on this episode of Real Life Real Equity. Think about that, that I was just kind of on the side of building this business, that I was, you know, becoming an entrepreneur and I'm the CEO of my business and making all these decisions. Welcome to Real Life Real Equity Podcast with your host, Justin and Keisha Brooks. Hey, welcome to the show. Our goal is to share with you real-life examples of entrepreneurs who are winning in both life and business. As real estate investors, our mission is to model, educate, and inspire you to act by sharing ease to implement tools, ideas, and information to add more worth to your net worth, more cash to your cash flow, helping you achieve your goals in less time. Welcome to the show. Welcome to another episode of Real Life Real Equity Shorts with your host, Justin and Keisha Brooks. Welcome back, welcome back. And today we have a pretty awesome guest. Welcome to the show, Mr. Todd Solzinger. You know, Real Life Real Equity Shorts is about going through the entrepreneurial journey in 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes. We want to highlight the um, the quick and dirty. Everybody has a story. Um, Todd, you have an amazing story. We met several years back. Give us a little bit about what you're, where you're from, your background. I know what you do as far as investing in a very unique asset class that a lot of people don't even think about. Everybody's in the multifamily, but uh, talk to us a little bit about where you're from, your background, and then we'll go into your business. Sure. Yeah, I, I was born and raised in California. I uh, went to school here at San Jose State University and uh, started a typical corporate path and worked for a variety of Silicon Valley technology companies, some uh, some here, yeah, just in Silicon Valley, also out in Sacramento, and spent a few years living in Europe. And, you know, during that time, I had an interest in real estate, but couldn't really find a path to get there and uh, started investing in single family homes in the Dallas-Fort Worth market in 2013. And then that started to really get the juices flowing and the ideas flowing about how could I really build a business around this and you know find a way to not continue down the corporate finance path and to build a business investing in real estate. Hmm. Awesome. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. So you're now in real estate investing. Uh, so what's Because you're not in real estate uh, in Dallas anymore. You're a lot of places and it's not single family right. homes either. No, no. I um, I think like a lot of people, they think, hey, I'm just going to like continue to buy single family homes. Eventually, yep. that'll replace my W-2 income and I'll have financial freedom. And <laughs> like also a lot of us go through, it's like, wow, that's going to take a lot. <laughs> single family yep. homes. If I have to come up with $20,000 every single time, that's yep. going to take a long time to get there. So, uh, you know, Justin, you know, we met through the real estate guys and, and went to some of their real estate syndication events and found out, wow, there's actually people building businesses, uh, raising money from investors to go out and acquire real estate assets and then have that be the business where they're managing those assets. So I started down that journey of trying to figure out, uh, looking at different markets, looking at different asset classes, because there's so many ways you can build a business and make money in real estate. And through that kind of multi-year process, I landed on mobile home parks and decided to go ahead and, and build a syndication business, raising money from investors, allowing them to passively invest in the parks I acquire. And uh, since that time, I've got to, uh, parks in Georgia and Tennessee and have a, a new one under contract in Mississippi. So yeah, so outside of Texas, definitely outside of California for a mm-hmm. lot of reasons, just trying to find you know good markets and great assets in different places across the U.S., Nice. So let's kind of hit that just a little bit because a lot of people feel like they have to invest like right where they are. A lot of times the market doesn't make sense where they're living. What led you to investing outside of California? Well, I was kind of the same mindset. Um, I, there was one point in time quite a few years ago that I 
had rented out for a short time a house I was living in when I moved elsewhere and just had this idea, hey, I want to be able to see the tenants myself, be able to drive by the house. And that just was kind of seemed natural and normal. And it wasn't until I uh, met uh, Russ and Robert through some local meetups they were doing here in the Bay Area when they lived here, that I met a guy who was doing turnkey houses in Dallas. And I just, that just blew my mind. It's like, how could you possibly own an asset, not where you live and someplace you can't drive by and touch? But then, uh, you know, over a course of a you know a year or so, I when I uh, you know met other people doing it, I went on a field trip. I you know actually drove through neighborhoods, met property managers, insurance agents, other brokers. I was like, wow, this is really possible. You don't yes. have to, yep. uh, you know, through the you know just you know with the internet, definitely it helps. But even back then, you know, and it wasn't. Uh, you know, as as common, it was like it's pretty easy for your property manager to take great photos of the house, take videos to really let you know everything going on. And I would go to Dallas sometimes and drive by the houses, and it was like uh, there's not much to see. It's the same as the same right. as if I was driving by the house around the corner from where I live. So, right. um, so it was a big mindset shift. Mm-hmm. And I encourage anybody to, if they're just saying, "Oh no way, that's impossible," to really, uh, you know, open yourself up to the idea that uh, that if you have the right systems and people in place in the markets where your houses are, it's absolutely doable. Yeah, absolutely. So that brings up a very good point. So we have a what we call a vendor series, and of course, if you're not already uh, subscribed to the newsletter, go to realliferequity.com forward slash newsletter, where we talk about all the different things we're going to talk about today. Uh, specifically, though. The turnkey model, that is a very interesting one. So if you've ever had any questions about that turnkey model, go to info at realliferequity.com. Um, again, info at realliferequity.com. You're smiling at me. I'm, I'm missing something. What am I missing? I'm just no. watching to see where you're going with that. that. No, it's, 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 it's a great model. I could, I could talk to that. But, yes. <laughs> no, I, but I thought, I figured, you know, that would mm-hmm. be a really, because I know Jay Hartley was one of our previous guests and he has done some turnkey projects mm-hmm. in the yeah. past in mm-hmm. Dallas. We have mm-hmm. some turnkey stuff that we're looking at doing in Kansas City. So, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, in we invest where we want to invest and we live where we want to live. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, you hit the nail on the head. So, and I yes. appreciate you for bringing that up a little bit uh, in more detail. So t- let's go into the history. Cause a lot of people are under the assumption that you have to be an entrepreneur prior to being an entrepreneur. You have to have somebody in your family be an entrepreneur. I mean, like let's shed some light on were you an entrepreneur before was somebody in your family an entrepreneur what gave you that kind of uh, the entrepreneurial book yes um, well yeah it didn't really start that way maybe it's like sometimes they say like twins skip a generation so maybe yeah. this happened in my family so my grandparents were entrepreneurs my mm-hmm. grand, one of my grandfathers was a pharmacist uh, the other grandparents owned a restaurant in a town so but my, my parents were definitely not there my dad was just like you know nine to five job 40 years at one company pension and so, you know, it worked out perfectly for him. And I didn't really think about it when I started that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I just thought, oh, yeah, I like investing in real estate. I want to be able to help people, other people that I know invest in real estate. And then over time, it was like, wow, okay, this is really you know, turning into like a business. Um, and, and you guys, you know, we both know Beth Clifford, uh, mm-hmm, who's yeah. running Mahogany Bay. And I've seen her speak quite a few times. And, uh, uh, you know, she did this one thing at one of the speeches that she gave at a, at a local meetup where she said, okay, everybody, like, you know, get up. And, like, who's a business owner running their own, uh, you know, has their own real estate investments? It's like, look to the person next to you and say, like, I am a CEO. I am an entrepreneur. 
And it was one of the first times where I went to one of her meetups. It was like, wow, okay, I didn't really think about that, that I was just kind of on the side, like building this business, that I was, mm-hmm. you know, becoming an entrepreneur and I'm the CEO of my business and making all these decisions. And uh, it wasn't something that I kind of actively said, like, I'm an entrepreneur and I want to start my own business. It was, um, it kind of slowly happened to me over time, kind of after I was building my business. Mm. Wow. That's really important. It's a really key aspect to to business is, is just really taking into the positioning side of it. Mm-hmm, yeah. And recognizing that. Well, and, you know, just the niche that you have as far as uh, mobile home parks is concerned. A lot of people don't really think about, you know, why mobile home parks? What led you to that path? Mm. Uh, well, I was looking at a lot of different asset classes when I was trying to think, okay, how do I build my syndication business? And there's people doing it in self-storage, you know, right. residential assisted living, I mean, all parts, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew people uh, that were uh, in the mobile home park space. Uh, you know, I you know, had a lot of conversations with Mike Ayala and Andrew Illinois about their business at Four Peaks. There's some other local uh, people that are local to me that have some decent sized uh, mobile home park businesses. And so I, I always liked it, but I uh, didn't. I knew there were some things about it that made it a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. And uh, a little over a year ago, I met some uh, mobile home park consultants that are just about a couple hours from where I live. Uh, and I built a relationship with them. And they're actually consultants that help people like me kind of go through the uh, negotiating with the broker, going through due diligence, and then kind of really assisting me with the turnaround. Right. So once I, I met those guys, I thought, okay, I've got a, uh, a partner, not an equity partner, but a business partner that I can really work with to help me turn around these parks. So that was one kind of thing that tipped me over the scale to move towards parks. And also, I just liked it being in a little bit of a niche market. It felt a little bit easier to talk to investors rather than saying, oh, I'm another you know, apartment syndicator doing the same right. thing. Um, <laughs> mobile home parks, people are always really curious. Like, huh, like, huh yeah. I, I've, seen, I've seen some of those in my area. Like, how do those run? How do those work? Yeah. So it always sparks a good conversation. So to be able to talk to investors and, and go to meetups, having the niche like that is uh, is interesting. And then, you know, because it's a, it is more of a niche, you know, sometimes dealing with mom and pop sellers, you can get better pricing, mm-hmm. the points a little bit smaller. So as I was growing my business, I didn't want to, you know, try to jump right into buying a $10 million apartment. So mm-hmm. mobile home parks have good returns, but they can allow you to get in at a little bit lower entry point. It's, uh, well, they, you know, it's speaking to that, it's, <laughs> they, they say get rich in a niche, you mm-hmm. did that, and then I heard a, st- I actually heard a story from a guy, and he, he had this kind of saying about mobile home parks, he said, uh, the little tin boxes that spit out cash, and I mm-hmm. just, that stuck with me, I heard that probably seven or eight years ago, but yeah, you're doing something, and, and I mean, as, as facetious as that may sound, you're doing something that is not only going to do good but do well like Jane Green always mm-hmm. says do good and do well you're providing a service you're investing in a socially disinvested kind of mm-hmm. uh, asset class where you're providing turning around the parks because when you turn around a park that's essentially like when you rehab a property um, you're bringing a park up to a set standard and then you're turning it around so that that person in that trailer park uh, or those people in the community can have a better standard of living than they were before. So yeah, yeah. definitely uh, something that falls yeah. in line with what we're, you know, always looking for. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, uh, yeah. No, I there, gonna, there's so, go ahead. Please. Sorry. <laughs> you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you know, people talk about the affordable housing crisis in the U S and uh, you, when you look at the parks that I've purchased or a lot of parks that I've looked at, I mean, there's, 
just thousands and thousands of empty lots that either have homes on them that need repair or have vacant lots. And, uh, you know, there's so much talk about, oh, we need to build more affordable housing or how can, you know, with all these regulations, how can you afford to buy, you know, build like B or C class apartments? I just look at mobile home parks across the country could, uh, you know, create, really go a long way towards solving solving the affordable housing crisis. Yes. Uh, yes. I I just, uh, I created this, uh, this website called MHP 100,000. So I have this idea to kind of work with other mobile home park operators to say, hey, how can we kind of get towards a goal of adding 100,000 affordable housing units across the country just through our efforts of, you know, investing in these parks that have been like neglected for a long time? Yeah, yeah, that is big, adding value to, you know, others and then also receiving that. Um, there's a couple of things that I just want to hit as we get close to wrapping up here that you've been really highlighting and I want to just highlight myself is you really talked about having key team players in those different markets mm-hmm. so that way you can continue to be um, successful like you have been. That is yep. just so important. We've talked mm-hmm. about that previously also, having those people on the ground, good property managers, CPAs. Yes. It's so, so important. Um, but then also having a niche. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. Um, <laughs> there is a lot of people that do similar things or the same thing, but just having that niche and also helps you stand you, out. similar to but similar yeah. things like in general, okay, I'm going to go out and flip houses or I'm going to go out and wholesale, mm-hmm. I'm going to go out and buy apartments, I'm going to go out and do, everybody wants to do the same thing without having any differentiation. You know, Kyle Wilson. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. No, so let's kind of dig into, we've kind of hit a few highlights as far as what you're doing. Let's kind of hit some low low times what has been um, <laughs> <laughs> you know the dark side a little bit here because you know we're entrepreneurs and we like to help our fellow entrepreneurs we all have times where we fail or we feel like okay, okay. yes <laughs> give us one of those yeah. scenarios that has happened to you and how did you learn uh, from it well probably on the uh on the on the passive investing side one, one of the things i did when i was, was going to start this business i thought oh i'm going to invest in somebody else's syndication learn how the process works see like what the again, what the paperwork like what it's like to manage the asset and it hasn't been a successful investment so mm. that was really disappointing it was like oh wow i thought this was you know you see all the performance for all the other deals out there you assume yours is going to be the same and didn't turn out well. Um, the, the good side to it has, it's really taught me a lot about how to not run a syndication, how not to communicate to investors if <laughs> things don't go well. Right. Um, so having uh, uh, kind of gone through a, an unsuccessful uh, syndication has taught me a lot about, okay, I knew how bad that felt from a, on the passive investor side uh, to be treated that way. It's really kind of given me uh, more insight into how I need to really make sure that transparency and communication to my investors is super important. Yes, yes. So this is a part of the podcast. We talked about the losses. We've talked about quite a few of your wins. I mean, being in multiple states, figuring out how to invest outside of your state, that's mm-hmm. a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, most people can barely get over running a business in their own state, let alone running a business that's all the way from this. <laughs> yeah, <So> yeah. <laughs> definitely something that, you know, you're winning at. Uh, this part of the podcast we're going to talk about is inspired by Mark Victor Hansen, where uh, we talk about each one, reach one, teach one. So I heard a story or I heard a, uh, a philosophy a little while ago where there's three people on a mountain. There's one person in front of you. There's one person beside you and there's one person behind you. Uh, you always should be striving to reach towards the person in front of you. You should always be holding the person beside you running up the mountain. And there's always somebody behind you that you should be picking up and pulling towards mm-hmm. you. Yep. Talk to us a little bit about who you're chasing, who's beside you and who you're going to help in the past or behind you. 
Yeah, I think some of the people that are that are ahead of me are some of these bigger operators. Uh, Matt, I mentioned uh, Andrew and Mike. Um, yeah. One of the other guys I mentioned is locals, a guy named Jefferson Lilly, who owns uh, runs a company called Park Street Partners, and he has a mm-hmm. mobile home park fund. They've just been uh, like super generous with their time and information. So that's been you know people that I've really looked up to as I've started to grow my business. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, people kind of working with me is kind of a lot of people in the same position I am, kind of, but like budding syndicators new to their business, kind of how they're you know, growing their business, sometimes stumbling their way through things. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of, that's my, my, my peer group that I work with. A lot of people that we've worked in, within the syndication mentoring club through the real estate guys. Yeah. And then people behind me, and that's, I guess, one of the like, really exciting things is I, you know, before I was in this, I hadn't done a deal mode uh, as I was looking and trying to grow my business. And then I raised money and I closed the deal. And that all of a sudden kind of put me at a different level that then people were, people I was meeting at meetups or other people I'd connected with through the years were like, wow, like you're a step ahead of me now tell me how you did that. Right. So I've had a lot of conversations with people just to either kind of you know, give them advice, um, you know, give them references for, for people to talk to, whether it's property managers or, or brokers or CPAs. So it's really just kind of then, uh, you know, reaching out to those people and sharing my story and encouraging them to, to, to get to the you know level that they want to get to. Right. Absolutely. Right. That's excellent. That's, Love it. I mean, that's perfect. So with that being said, again, we want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, how can they reach out to you? Uh, yeah, they can go to my website, which is Blue Elm Investments. That's the name of my company. So www.blueelminvestments.com. And then they can be a Todd, T-O-D-D, at blueelminvestments.com. Sweet. And awesome. you mentioned a website before, MHP 1000. Is that what it was? Uh, 100,000. Yeah. So that, that, that's not live yet. That's something I'm going to be launching here Ooh. pretty soon. You know, just to... You know, um, I've got to uh, kind of partner up with some other operators to kind of say, hey, how are we going to do this and really grow and kind of prove to the market? Because sometimes mobile home parks get a bad rap. Sometimes they're in the news about, you know, I don't know whether it's a storm coming through and wiping out homes or somebody coming in and raising rent. So I really want to be able to tell a better story about communities and how people are coming in to invest in them to really add to the affordable housing stock versus some of the negative news you might find out there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. Well, with that being said. Yeah, we thank you for being on the show with right. us, Todd. And no, I love your guys' show. It's been, it's been great. I've been listening to it from the very beginning. So, you know, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yes. Thank you for listening to Real Life Real Equity Podcast. If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com. Or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week right here on Real Life Real Equity Podcast.